God. We are thankful and grateful for all of you. Um, we pray that your week has been a, a glorious one, but uh, if not, God was still there with you. Amen. He was still right there. He hadn't gone anyplace. He's still there. And we were excited about that. This morning, we're going to have a, I won't say it's a strange word, but um, it was uh, different the way the Lord gave it to me, a little different. And you have to follow with the flow of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're, our main scripture is going to be coming from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter number 1. That's where our main scripture because we're going to be referring to that scripture as we go back and forth. Um, it, it's just a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to follow the Holy Spirit and then uh, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And, and Minister Adams, I, I thank and praise God for you being obedient to the, uh, to the Holy Spirit and leaving uh, us on a note of high praise this morning. Amen. One more time, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. <laughs> leaving us on a note of high praise, and that's what it's all about, praising and glorifying the Lord. Amen. In the book of Isaiah, chapter number 1, and this morning we're going to be talking about the rewards of obedience, the rewards of obedience, coming from Isaiah chapter number 1. And we're going to read verse number 19. Verse number 19. Are we there? Is it up on the screen? Is it there? Do we have Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 19? So we do have it up. Amen. All right. Now, it says, if ye be, what's that next word? Willing and what else? Obedient, ye shall eat the what? The good of the land. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. As I was uh, studying this and preparing and thinking and sitting before the Lord and seeking guidance from him, I, I, the first day when I, when I began to ponder on this scripture, I wanted to run to the original way one would think about obedience and begin to look up all the scriptures that talked about obedience. And so I, I did that and then and I'm like this, if, if, if the Holy Spirit doesn't leap or the, in, in my belly, then I know something is wrong. Amen. I, I want to be like uh, Mary and Elizabeth when, when they came together. You know, the, 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 the baby Jesus kind of leaped. You know, John the Baptist leaped in, in, the, in, in her womb, and, and she was able to feel the presence of the Lord. And so when I began to do all that searching and searching, for whatever reason, it didn't leap. And I said, God, uh, what's going on here? Uh, and so the next morning, I, I went back and sat down with my devotional time. Usually it's about 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning. And I sat before him once again. And I said, Lord, now I need for you to tell me, and I need for you to direct me. So at that time, he showed me something that was very unusual. It was just like, he highlighted it. It was almost like, not almost, it was. It was like the first four letters. Make sure it's four. One, two, three, four. Yeah, the first four letters in the word obedient. It, it appeared to be in a large capital letters. And I'm, I'm looking again. I said, now, Lord, that, that, that word, the obedient, it is written in small letters. But God was highlighting the first four letters in the word obedient. So I said, okay, now, God, now, now you're going to have to tell me what you're talking about. Take me down the path. Take me down the journey where you are trying to lead me. And then help me to be a, a willing follower. Amen. Help me to be a willing follower. So the first thing I did, I, I, I began to search out the word obed. O-B-E-D is the first four letters in the word obedient. So when I began to search out the word Obed, I, I discovered that uh, he was a son uh, of, of Boaz and Ruth. And from that, 
he began to be, he was, the, he was the father of Jesse, and then Jesse was the father of David. So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, that, that, that's good. But God didn't stop there. He said, now, wait a minute, Brenda. That's not where I want to lead you when it has to do with Obed. He said, I'm going to teach you what obedience is through the name Obed-Edom. I'm going to teach you what obedient means. And so then I, I, I went to First Chronicles, and you're going to have to go with me, amen, the book of First Chronicles in the Old Testament. First Chronicles chapter number 13. Are we there? First Chronicles chapter number 13. First Chronicles chapter number 13 in the Old Testament. Are, are we there? Before we get to our scripture where we want to be in verse number 12, I need to give you a little bit of background history that goes with that. Now, what had happened was the, there had been a battle and the Philistines had taken the Ark of Covenant from the people of God. And they had it for almost 20 years. And David had decided that he would bring the Ark of Covenant, which represents the presence of God, back to his original location. And he wanted the people of God to, to uh, have the Ark of Covenant right there where they resided. But something happened when, when, when he was in, on journey in the process of bringing it back home. The Bible talks about how a man called Uzzah, was, was, uh, he put his hand on the Ark of the Covenant. As they were traveling, the Bible says that the oxen stumbled. And when he stumbled, he put his hand on the Ark of the Covenant to just position it. But at that point, God took his life. He killed him. He took his life at that point. And David was very, very, very disturbed. And he was really kind of upset with God because he couldn't understand why he allowed him to, to die. But as we go down to verse number 12, David made a decision. He made a decision what he was going to do with the Ark of the Covenant. Because there was something back in those days when you dealt with the Ark of the Covenant. If it ended up, which represents the presence of God, if it ended up in someone else's hand and it was not the, the children of God, God did unusual things to them. Amen. It, it was some strange things that the Lord allowed to happen. Now, in verse number 12, in First Chronicles chapter number 13, this is David's response because he was very displeased with what happened to the servant that ended up dying, all because he touched the Ark of the Covenant. Pinpoint, I'm going to give you this for your own personal use. God says, you be careful how you touch the Ark of the Covenant or the presence of God that's on the inside of you. Because see, what it is, is we now transport the presence of the Lord on the inside of us. Amen. See, back in those days, they had put it on a new cart. Now, we're going to show you something about the order of God in a minute. They had put it on a new cart, and because they did not do it the way God said do it, somebody ended up dying. So we have to be careful, being that now we are the priests that, that carries the, the, the ark of the covenant or the presence of the Lord on the inside of us. We have to be very careful how we handle the presence of God. Because, see, the presence of God is on the inside. Amen? Now, watch, this is what David does. Now, David says, now in verse number 12, it says, David was afraid of God that day. Would y'all not be afraid of God? <laughs> you, you, in, you in root to do something, and you think it's good, and all of a sudden somebody dies, and you think you're doing a good thing? And so he says now, and David was afraid of God that day saying, how shall I bring the art of God home to me? And then verse 13 says, So David brought not the ark home to himself, to the city of David, 
But he carried it aside into the house of who? Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Now, the word Obed-Edom means restore. It means restore. So he takes it to the house of Obed-Edom, that, which means restore. And then it says in verse 14 of First Chronicles chapter 13, And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. So the first thing God says, well, Brother, I'm going to teach you about obedience through, through the life of Obed-Edom. Is one thing he says, now what has happened, Obed had to operate in faith and he had to be willing the reason why he had to operate in faith, it was because somebody had just got killed and only because they felt like they were protecting the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. So he had to have enough faith to allow David to bring it into his house. And then he had to be willing. See, you have to be willing to allow the presence of God to come into your life. Amen. Everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is not going to enter in. Everybody that comes down here and says, okay, I, 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 I'm going to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. You know, you, you, you say that in, in, in a moment of, of hype, if I can put it that way. And then when you leave back out the door, then you say your lifestyle is still the same. Amen. But see, you got to be willing to allow the Lord to come and, and live and dwell in the inside of you. So you got to be willing. You got to be a willing vessel. That's why Isaiah chapter 1 verse number 19 says, if ye be willing and obedient. See, if you're not willing to walk the walk of Jesus Christ, and this is not an easy walk. Amen. I don't know who told us that it was a, when you get saved, everything is going to be wonderful, hunkadory, you don't have no more problems. Well, they just told us a lie. Amen. Because, see, there are hills and valleys and all that stuff that goes along on the journey of this Christian walk. And so, so we have to be very, very careful in what we hear and what we believe. Amen. We got to be very careful. So you got to be willing to, 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 uh, travel on this journey because this journey has all kind of difficulties in it. Amen. So he was willing. He was willing to do that. He was walking in faith. He was willing, even though he witnessed or heard about uh, Uzziah, who ended up dead because he was putting his hand to the Ark of the Covenant, he still was willing to bring it in there. How many of us are willing to bring danger into our home? Especially when you know that something has happened prior to it. How, how many of us are willing? How many of us are willing when we go through the storms of life to stay on the journey? Can I put it that way? Amen. How many of us, when, when we encounter difficulties, are willing to stay with the Lord? So many people, you know, they kind of leave the Lord when difficulties come. You know, they deflect. I mean, they, 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 they no longer want to walk this walk because it, that's a, it's a difficult journey. But see, you got to stay on the journey. You got to allow the Lord to, to lead you no matter what is going on in your life. You just got to be willing. Amen. And if you're not willing and obedient, the Bible says, now, you cannot eat the good of the land. See, a lot of times we miss out on things because we are not willing and obedient. Because, see, obedience is not easy. Being obedient to God is not easy. You have to be disciplined. You have to have a made-up mind to be able to follow God and not stray when things get rough. Amen? you got to be dis- disciplined. Okay? And so I, I continued. I said, okay, God, now you're showing me that because he allowed the presence of God or the Ark of Covenant to enter into his house, what happens now in verse 14, it talks about how his household was blessed for three months. Not only was his house blessed for three months, but it also talks about how himself and all that he had was blessed. 
Now, the Ark of the Covenant had been in the hands of the Philistines prior to this. And they ended up with a curse on them. But here, Obed, because he was faithful and he was willing, his household was, well, do you not know when you carry the presence of God around in you that yo, you yourself get blessed as well as your household? Now, we're we going to show that. We're going to show that through the scripture. Amen. See, we just think it's just us. No, it affects more than us. Amen. When we are willing and obedient. Now, now I understand why he, he highlighted Obed because, see, God is a restorer. So many of us have lost some things. But God is a restorer. And you watch what God is going to do in your life. All those things that you lost, huh, spiritual, some of us lost some things spiritually, amen, during the process of what we call the COVID. Because, see, a lot of us, you know, instead of us being uh, spending the time with God because we were allowed to sit at home, we became bored. Amen. We, uh, I read you, brother. Amen. Thank you. Because <laughs> so, some people do become bored. Amen. You know some people that become bored. We become, we become bored with sitting at home and not even realizing and understanding that God was trying to get us to a closer walk with him. See, for whatever reason, I don't know why we think the journey of, with God is boring. The only reason why it's boring is because we are boring. Because we serve a, an awesome, exciting, and a adventurous God. Amen. Um, if, if, if you want to travel, you know, you don't have to get on an airplane to go. Huh. You can sit in your house. Hear me, Holy Spirit. You can sit in your house in the presence of God, and he will take you places that you've never been before. He will take you on journeys that you've never experienced before. And when you come up out of that place, oh, my God. I mean, everything seems to be refreshed, renewed, and it's just literally awesome. You, you can travel to dimensions and those worlds with an S that God speaks about in, in the Bible. You can travel to some places that you know not or not even experience that's here on this earth. So, so we got to understand now we've got to be willing, no matter how difficult the thing, we got to be willing to trans, transport uh, uh, the presence of God because now we are the priests. Amen. See, the Bible said we are kings and priests in the book of Revelation. We, that's who we are. Most of us don't even know who we are. The body of Christ do not know who they are. We are kings and priests. And we, oh, Holy Spirit, we are transporting the presence of God. When you think about that, can you think about that? That you're literally transporting the presence of God. That's why you got to be careful where you go. Can I get an Amen. Have we taken the, ooh, have we taken the presence of God to places we ought not to have taken Him? Don't, don't say nothing, amen. Cause it, all, it, it reveals itself already, amen. See, see, w- w- our mind is so small and so limited. We think that, okay, God don't see, but see, God sees everything. He's everywhere. Amen. So as you the, the transport of the presence, you got to be careful where you carrying him. Amen. Because he knows. He knows what's going on. Now, let's continue now with, with, with what's going on here. He says now, now in uh, the book of uh, Chronicles chapter number 15. First Chronicles chapter number 15. First Chronicles chapter number 15. Hmm. Transporting. Uh huh. Let me show you something else about Obed Edom and that Obed that's connected with the word obedient. All right. First Chronicles chapter number 15. Now, it says, now, um, I'm going to read verse, 15, verse 1 out of chapter 15 in First Chronicles, and then we're going to go to verse number 12. Now, verse 1 says, And David made him houses in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God, and he pitched for it a tent. Okay? Now, when we go to verse number 12 here, now, I'll show you something about Obed-Edom and what is happening with the story about 
Obed-Edom. Verse number 12 says, And he said unto them, Ye are the chief of the followers of the Levites. Sanctify yourself, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto the place that I have prepared for it. We have to make sure these temples of ours, make sure we prepare for the presence of the Lord to reside there because he's not going to live in anything. Now, watch verse number 13. Verse 13 now says, For because ye did it not at the first, stay with me, the Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we sought him not after the due order. You see, the problem was they did not properly transport the Ark of the Covenant. They put it on what they called a new cart. And they used other people that was not literally the, the Levites, those that were supposed to be carrying uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Now, this is what God says in verse number 14. He says, so the priests, look at this, these are the only people that can carry, thank you, Holy Spirit, carry the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. He says, so the priests and the Levites, they sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. Verse 15 says, and the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their what? Their shoulders, not on a new cart, not on a buggy, but you have to bear the presence of the Lord. He says that God had allowed the ark of God upon their shoulders with the stars thereon, as Moses commanded, according to the word of the Lord. See, God had given them specific instructions how to transport the presence of God, the Ark of Covenant. God has given us specific instructions how we are supposed to walk this Christian life, and especially with the presence of the Lord, with God who abides on the inside of us, that lives on the inside of us. There are special ways that God said, this is how you got to do this thing. But they did something contrary. They did something contrary to what God had instructed them to do. Now, watch verse number 16. 16 says, And David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalmistry, harps, cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. Now, we're going to drop down to verse number 18. We're going to drop down with verse number 18 in First Chronicles chapter number 15. When you look at verse number 18, it gives a list of names of brethren. But if you come down to the very end of verse number 18, you will see the name Obed-Edom. Is it up? Now, when you see the name Obed-Edom, it says, and Obed and Jael, he called them what? Porters. They're porters. So I said, okay, God, what's a porter? Stay with me. He says, that word porter there means a giant. <laughs> Not only does it mean a giant, uh, that it also means a gatekeeper. You see, when it comes down to obedience, God not only will assign you duties, but the duties that you have is amazing when it comes down to the sanctuary of God. Now, he says now that he's a gatekeeper. I said, okay, Lord. He's listed here, and he's talking about, we're talking about obedience now, but he, God highlights the word obey. So he's saying now, in all the listings here, when, it, when they end up bringing the Ark of Covenant back to the place where it should be, Obed is given a position to be present right there with the Ark of the Covenant. I said, okay, Lord. He says, now he's a gatekeeper. 
It's okay, God. Said he's a giant. You know, a lot of people don't like to do the trash and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, there's a reason for everything. Amen. But he tells him now he is a gatekeeper. So by being obedient, what is my duty as a gatekeeper? See, a gatekeeper is given keys. He's a gatekeeper. They guard the gate. In other words, they stand on the outside because they are protecting the treasures of God that's on the inside. See, God, oh, God has made us also gatekeepers when we're obedient. We have been given keys. And what we're protecting is what is on the inside of us. Because, see, there are treasures on the inside of us. So, so whenever we're obedient, willing and obedient, God said, I'm going to give you some keys. And I'm going to let you protect what's on the inside. So, so when you think about that, who would not want to be obedient Because being obedient would allow God to hand us some keys to protect what God has placed on the inside of us. Because I don't know about y'all, but the devil is always searching and he's trying to get your treasure. (laughs) He's always there trying to get your treasure. So he said, I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to give you that honor. He said, but you've got to be willing and obedient. Because, see, you've got to understand some things. See, those treasures that's on the inside, it's got a lot of good stuff there. See, he says you can eat the good of the land. See, we have no clue what the good of the land is when it comes down to God. Because, see, we, we have such a finite mind that we, we, we're willing to, to stay on low-level ground. That's why I have a problem with surface teaching. Amen. That, that, that's why uh, all of us should have a problem with, with, with leaders, preachers, pastors, teachers, whomever, that want to give you cornflakes. You can, I don't know about y'all, but cornflakes don't last very long. When I eat cornflakes, I don't eat cornflakes in the morning. I got to have the grits, the eggs, the bacon, the whole nine yards. Amen. Because I need something to sustain me throughout the day. And cornflakes will not do it. And see, that's what's wrong with the body of Christ. They've been fed cornflakes. That's why they can't fight against the devil and win no battles. Because they've been eating cornflakes. Sir, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Surface teaching. Don't give me no surface teaching. Take me deep and may, and challenge me to make me to want to do even more, to go in a greater and higher level in God. Because, see, there is a greater level to God now. We, we, we're just on certain levels. But, but when we are willing and obedient, God will take us from glory to glory to glory to glory. See, that's how God, that means level, 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 level. Amen. See, that's how that is. Amen. When you are willing and obedient. That's why he says, let's follow Follow behind the life of Obed-Edom, and he will teach you about obedience and being willing. Amen? Amen. Now, now, he's, he's a gatekeeper. He's been given some keys, all right? Now, let's see what else the Lord did with him. Amen? Now, we're going to go on. We'll continue now and look at verse number 21. You see, there's all these other names there in verse number 21, First Chronicles chapter number 15. But if you look at it near the bottom, you will see the name Obed-Edom. Do you see it? Amen. Verse number 21. And he goes on and he begins to talk about him being with the harps. In other words, what's happening here now, Obed-Edom, he's listed with the worship leaders. I, I took the liberty to search those names out. And, and they was the what we call the praise team or the choir. Amen. He, he's a worship leader because now he, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Because he said he understands praise. So you can't be a worship leader. You, you cannot be in the presence of God and don't know how to worship him if you don't know and understand praise. See, you got to understand praise. Amen. That's why when God said, I want you to praise me, see, that's the difference between praise and worship. Amen. See, a lot of people don't understand that. that we, we want to praise God all the time, but we never want to worship him. See, worship takes intimacy with God. And so there he is now. He, he's a worship leader. We're talking about because he's willing and obedient. What was he willing and obedient to? To take in the ark of God when somebody had been killed. 
He was willing to take that sacrifice. He was willing to do whatever was necessary. And God blessed his house. Three months, it, he had blessed it to such a degree that it got the king's attention. Do you not know when God blesses your life, it gets the attention of others? Huh. And they wonder how in the world God blessing them the way bless in hard times like these. Well, it's all because you have been willing and obedient. Amen. You got to be willing and you got to be obedient. You got to understand praise. You got to be willing to, to go into worship, the worship mode now. You got to get the remote worship. See, sometimes when we're here, when we're standing here and we're praising and we're worshiping God, you got to shut your eyes and you got to tune out everything around you. Amen. Because see, everything around you is a distraction. See, Satan does not want you to go into worship because, see, when you go into worship, you begin to burst some things from the inside out. And when, when people look at you, they see that the glow of the Lord upon you. They, they, they see that, that aura. They see your countenance have changed when you enter into worship. Praise. Hallelujah. You know, but you got to be willing and obedient. Amen. You got to be willing to go where God say go. You got to be willing to do what God say do. Like you can't operate in fear. Now, let's don't drop on down now to verse number 24. Now, once again, you see all of these names, amen? Watch what happens now when he's willing and obedient. And because he was willing to take in that ark of a covenant, and even for us today, when we are willing and obedient to allow the presence of God to abide on the inside of us, now in verse number 24, he talks about Obed-Edom and Jehiah. They were doorkeepers for the ark. Well, a doorkeeper. Let's see now. He's a, he's a, he's a, a doorkeeper. You know, before now, he was talking about how he was a porter, he, how he was a gatekeeper. He was, then he's, he was a worshiper. He, he's the one that maintains the worship and the spirit of the Lord in the house. And now he is a doorkeeper for the ark. Now, there's a difference between the gatekeeper and the doorkeeper. You see, the gatekeeper maintains order. Got it? The gatekeeper maintains order, and not only does he protect the treasures, but he's trustworthy, the gatekeeper. That's why he got a key. See, God will find us trustworthy. Amen. And he will give us the keys to the kingdom. That's what his word says. But now he is a doorkeeper. Now, what is a doorkeeper? I said, now, Lord, what is a doorkeeper? Because now he's a doorkeeper. All because he was willing and obedient. Now, the doorkeeper is one that loves the house of God and his presence. And, oh, do we have any doorkeepers in the house? Amen. One that loves God, loves the house of God and his presence and love the people of God. And you have to be careful now because it says a doorkeeper, he opens and he welcomes those into the presence of God. You greet him with a smile on your face. The doorkeeper. And, and see, you're, you're bringing people in, so you have to be careful how you entertain people. You have to, because see, sometimes you can entertain angels unaware and you don't know it. You, you have to be careful being a doorkeeper that when those people come in with those, with the wrong spirit, that, that you got to have enough God in you and, and that, that demon will tremble at the door. Amen. And he won't come in. Amen. That's why oftentimes I say to me, to, 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 <laughs> Uh, to, to, to the deacon there, I always say them, those that are oh there at the door, I always say to them, you, you, your job is not just hanging out at the door and leaning. Your job is more than that. Deacon Norris. Brother Dan, Deacon Dan, huh? You, 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 as your job as a doorkeeper now, you've got to ward out some things that's trying to get through the door. See, you, you got some, some evil, ooh, Holy Spirit. You, you've got some evil spirits that tries to come in. And see, not only is they trying to come in through the door, but they're also trying to come in through this door too. 
Because, see, you got the eye gate, you got the ear gate, you got the mouth gate, you got the nose gate, all that. They try to come in. Anything they can do to distract the people of God from receiving the word of God. See, you got a job on your hand. You got a job because, see, by you transporting the presence of God, you can lead somebody to salvation. You don't have to be in the house of God, not in this, this, this place, but you can be at the grocery store. You can be anywhere. You can be on your job. You, you can be walking out on the street. You can lead somebody across because you got the presence of God on the inside of you. You are a doorkeeper. You got the, and sometimes you got the wards and things away from you. Amen. Because everything that comes up to you that tries to invade uh, the, your, your, your sanctuary. Oh, God, I hear your Holy Spirit. Invade your sanctuary. See, this is a sanctuary right here. And Satan would love to invade your sanctuary. Amen. So you got to guard your heart. Because the enemy will put a lot of things there that he ought not to put. Anybody experiences that spirit of bitterness? Hatred, envy, and jealousy? All that and some more. Amen. And if you don't guard your heart as, as a doorkeeper, you'll mess around and have a root of bitterness on the inside of you. But you've got to be willing and obedient to allow God to, to live here, and then you will be the one that, that he has allowed to be that doorkeeper. You want to make sure that as a gatekeeper you want to maintain order. See, if we don't maintain oh if we don't maintain order in here, you cannot have order out here. Amen. If you don't have the order on the inside of you, you will not have any order on the outside of you. Amen. So you, that's something you got to understand that. So now, he, he, he is, he is a doorkeeper. Now, let's go to Psalms, Psalms 8. Psalms chapter number 8. I think that's where we want to go. Slow down. No. Proverbs. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Proverbs chapter number 8. Then we're coming back to Psalms. Proverbs, thank you, Holy Spirit. Slow down, Brenda. Proverbs chapter number 8. And we're going to look at verse number 33, okay? Looking at verse number 33 over there. Proverbs chapter number 8. Because we're dealing with the, the doorkeeper. This is the job of a, of a doorkeeper, amen? Because remember now, you're transporting the presence of the Lord. So you've got to be willing and obedient. Now, when it comes down to the doorkeeper in, in verse number 33, it says, Hear what? Instructions. And be wise and refuse it not. See, uh, uh, when you are, are a doorkeeper, you've got to receive some instructions. Amen? And most people do not want to receive instructions. And the, and the key here is, is that when you receive instructions, that's when you get wisdom. And then it says now, refuse it not. How many of us re- refuse instructions? Amen. But he says now, if you refuse instructions, what you're doing is you're putting aside your wisdom. See, you've got to be able to be instructed. He says, hear. How can you hear without a preacher is what the word of God says. So you 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 got to be able to hear the instructions of the Lord. So you are a doorkeeper. You are protecting your sanctuary. And then verse number 34 says, oh, watch this. Blessed is the man that heareth, talking about the doorkeeper now, that, that heareth me, meaning God, and then it says, watching daily, at my gates. He's God. We, we, we have to watch daily. You got to watch daily. You got to hear. You got to watch. Then he says, at my gates. God says, now, see, we, we belong to God. We're the temple of God. We belong. He dwells here. We, we, we belong to him. And then it says, waiting at the post of my door. You got to wait as well. You got to hear. You got to watch, and then you got to wait as a doorkeeper. Most of us lose loses it on that last one. The last one is what waiting. <laughs> we don't mind hearing, and we don't mind watching, but we have a problem waiting, waiting on God. Have anybody moved before God told you to move? 
Thank you, sister. She said, amen, amen. Some of us are truthful, and some of us just tell lies. Can we be honest? Amen. Because we don't wait on God. Amen. I, I, let me tell you. I, um, <laughs> I think a couple of weeks ago, I was teaching, preaching about patience. And one of the sisters and I, we were on our way to take them home, and we stopped by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Not that I'm advertising them, okay? We stopped. And so, you know how it is, because it's a new place. They had double lines. And so when it got ready, when I went around to the outer line to come all the way around, and you, there's a place where you come and you have to stop. And the reason why you have to stop is so that those people that have received their orders, then they can go ahead and go on home. Well, lo and behold, what happened that day to me, because I preach about patience. Be careful what you say to folk. Amen, because you're going to be tried by the word. Amen. Well, this man cut right in front of me. He didn't go, he didn't get the order. He didn't go around like he's supposed to and come back. He cut right up in front of me. And got in the line. And at that point, I'm, I'm just, do you not see that man? Do you not see him cut in front of me and still going around? And the sister said, um, didn't you just get through teaching about patience? <laughs> I got tried by my own word. Amen. I got tried by my own word. I had to repent. Amen. So, so that means my wait would have been longer. And, and I, I got upset. So we had to be careful, preachers. Teachers, lay people, that on the advice and the instructions that you give because you're going to be trying on it. And I had no idea it was going to come that quick because we, we just left the church. <laughs> Ain't that a whatever? <laughs> I kick in the you know what? <laughs> I mean, got to, soon as I left, I got tried. And you know what? I failed the test. See, I ain't got a problem telling you when I failed the test. See, most of us, we got a problem. We, we want to pretend we all this and that. But we fail the test every day. Don't we do this, Doris? Amen. She's over there laughing at me. She, she know what happened that day. And she, ain't that something? The member had to correct the preacher. Ain't that something? Just got out there teaching the member and we got out there and get tried and the member have to teach the preacher. Ain't that something? Amen. Can I be real? Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm a realist. Amen. I am a realist. Amen. Most of us like to tell lies. Amen. And pretend we all this and that. Now, come on, y'all. Come on. We ain't, we ain't that. We ain't that. We ain't that. Okay. Let's continue. Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Now, verse number 35 says, uh, verse 35 in Proverbs 8 says, For whosoever findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Talking about the doorkeeper. When you, when you find favor, when we find God, when we find uh, 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 the wisdom of God, he said we can obtain favor. See, that's what happened with Obed-Edom. When he allowed a, a covenant to come into his house, not only did he get favor, but his whole household got favor. See, it's, it's amazing how God works. Now, let's go to Psalms. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Psalms 84. Amen. Psalms chapter number 84. Amen. 84. Still dealing with the doorkeeper. Still dealing with the doorkeeper. Amen. Still dealing with the doorkeeper. Psalms 84. Verse number 10. Are we there? David really understood this. He understood he understood about the willingness and being obedient. Now, verse number 10 says, For a day in thy court, David is talking, is better than a thousand. He says, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wickedness. See, it's better, it's better to be a doorkeeper. It's better to, to be one that's willing to, to guard your heart. It's, it's, it's better to do that. He says, he, says, he says, I'd rather be that. See, most of us like to take the high seat. You know how it is? You know, when you come in, instead of you taking a few seats back, we come all the way down. And you, you know, you're a stranger in the house. You come all the way down. I mean, front seat. You know, most of us like to enter, 
Oh, Holy Spirit. Most of us likes to entertain, and, and, I, and this is a spirit I hate because I know God hated. That showmanship. Look at me. Hey, look at me. Oh, no. Look at me. Sit your honey down. Sit it down. Nobody wants to see you. They are here to see God. See, our thing is we need to learn to exalt God. You know, what? that, that, that bothers me. That disturbs my spirit when we want to, oh, look, hey. This is, no. I don't want to see you. I don't want to see no flesh. I just want to see God. Because, see, if I see God, that means some things can change on the inside of me. But if I see flesh, it's going to bring up the worst in me. Amen. I don't know about Can we get real? You know, you know how flesh is. It, it, it will bring up the worst in us. Now, let's go to our last scriptures now. Uh, going back to First Chronicles. Now, First Chronicles chapter number 16. First Chronicles chapter number 16. Because we're talking about the rewards of being obedient. Obed Edom, Obed, restore. God blessed him by being obedient. Most of us don't get blessed because we are not obedient. Amen. Now, First Chronicles chapter number 16. Show you how God works when we act out in obedience. Verse 1 in chapter number 16. Now we're there. Now, now what has happened now, they have brought the Ark of Covenant now back to uh, the house of David, the city of David. It says, So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before the God. Now, remember now, Obed had to make a decision. He had to make a decision whether or not he was going to follow the art of the covenant. In our life today, we have to make a decision whether or not we're going to follow the presence of God no matter where he lies, where it leads us. Because he had to make a decision. Decisions requires willingness and obedience. Amen. Now, when you look at verse number 14, watch what happens now uh, when he decides to do what God says to do. Now, verse number four says, and he appointed David, and he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Now, verse number five says, now, you see all the names, okay? Oh, when you see all the names, and you come right down to the latter part of verse five, you will see Obed-Edom. Once again, he's over the psalmistry and the harps. You have to be a follower of God. And see, when you're a follower of the presence of God, because, see, he had to move. See, a lot of us don't want to move. When I say move, I don't mean a physical move. If, if you're not being fed the word of God, then you need to find you a place that's, that's giving you the word of God. Amen. I made that move. For years I was at a place. Years. I, when I say years, years, I was at a place. But when I got to the point where I'm learning and eating from my husband's table, because see, he had some, he was, had some deep revelation and like, and word. I'm like, okay, God, I want, I want that. I, I want that. And where I was, I wasn't getting that. And, and I'll, never, I'll never forget. Just as soon as the preachers start preaching the, uh, uh, and giving you the cornflakes, that means people start jumping and hooping and hollering and screaming. You couldn't even hear the man preaching before the people screaming. And, and I'm like, come on now. And I'm still sitting in my seat. Everybody's up except me. I'm one of the preachers. And I'm sitting. Everybody else is up. And then they looking at me like I'm strange. And I'm looking at them like they strange because they wouldn't get nothing. Amen. See, you got to be willing to go somewhere else where you're going to be able to get the word of God. Because, see, you want to grow. You want to grow in God. And you got to be willing to follow the presence of God. 
So, so, so that's very important. I, I encountered a, a, a pastor yesterday, and I was at a store, and he said to me, he said, let me tell you something, sister. He said, whatever you do, when you preach, you make sure you preach like it's your last sermon. Everything that you do, you do like it's your last sermon. That it's your, like your last day up on earth. Because you don't never know when it's going to be your last day on earth. You don't never know whose life you're going to affect. So you have to be willing and say, is it uncomfortable to make the move? Yes, it's uncomfortable to make the move. I was uncomfortable, but I followed the presence of God. And I'm thankful today because had I not followed the presence of God, all the things that the Lord allowed us to see and do, we were, it would have never happened. But I give God praise and glory. I give him praise and glory. And, and I don't think I gave this to them. This is our last scripture. We're going to go to First Chronicles, I think, chapter number 26. Yeah, yeah. First Chronicles, chapter number 26. You're going to look at verse number 4, and all, you're going to see in verse number 4, in chapter number 26 in First Chronicles, you're going to see that Obed, Edom, he had some sons. When you drop down to verse number 5, it will tell you how many sons that he had. It's, it's in verse number 5, he said he had eight sons, and then he said, for God blessed him. He, he blessed, he, God blesses obedience, okay? He, he, he blessed them. And then if you drop on down, this is, a, this is a key. You remember when we go back, when Obed takes in the Ark of the Covenant, it said it blessed him and all that he had, okay? Now, look at verse number 8 in First Chronicles chapter number 26. He says, all these are the sons of Obed-Edom, they and their sons and their brethren. They were able men for strength for the service. And they were three scores and ten, which means they were 60, 62 of them, of, of Obed-Edom. In other words, what you see here is because of obedience of him, it ended up being a generational blessing. See, in other words, it didn't start with you. See, when, you, when you're obedient to, to the word of God and, and, and what God is saying and be willing and obedient, not only does it affect you, but it affects your offsprings. Generational blessings. By you, just by you being blessed, just by you being obedient, thank you, Holy Spirit, just by you being willing and obedient, not only will you eat the good of the land, but your offsprings will eat the good of the land. Amen. So I'm excited about that because let me tell you why. Because, see, when I'm dead and gone, my, my offsprings, they're going to be able to eat from the good of the land all because of my obedience. And, see, I'm getting what I'm getting now from the obedience of my foreparents. Amen. If they were obedient to the presence of God, that meant all those blessings are coming down the line. Coming down the line. You don't have to worry about if your children are going to be blessed or not. Or how they're going to end up in life when you're gone. Because if you do what you're supposed to do, by being willing and obedient, you'll be able to eat the good of the land. So will they. They will be able to eat the good of the land. Ain't that not awesome? So, so I can look at my grandkids and, and, and even their children that's going to come along and, and then their children that's going to come along all because of obedience. That family tree, the legacy, you're going to have generational blessings from every generation, from one generation to the next generation. Huh, They're going to be blessed. And you know what? <laughs> that's enough to celebrate God for. That's enough to want to be obedient. Amen. It's enough to want to be obedient. Because you, you don't have to worry about that because God, God got it covered. All because you were obedient. Ain't that some? Let's give God a hand clap of praise for the rewards of obedience. Rewards of obedience. Do y'all want to be obedient?